You're listening to Emmanuel Christian Center's podcast. Join us as we jump into our series called 180. One decision can change the direction of your life. A 180-degree turn sets us into a new future. Jesus really changes everything. Get ready. God is on the move. Good morning. Jesus is alive. He's alive. Come on, somebody. Hi, my name is Nate, and I'm so glad that y'all chose to come to church today. We get to celebrate the ultimate 180 comeback story of Jesus, and Jesus changes everything. Say that with me. Jesus changes everything, and that's the possibility. That's the renewed hope. That's the energizer bunny, if you will, that keeps us moving forward. And uh, on this day, I want to welcome all of the guests that have come in, whether you're in Lakeville or you're Maple Grove or you're Elk River, Spring Lake Park or online. Thanks for being a part of, of church with us today. And thank you to all of the church family that perhaps historically were a part of the Emmanuel family and you're just home today. Welcome home as well. And uh, we're so glad that you're here. What is this day about? Well, this is kind of the most amazing moment in history that keeps we keep celebrating it because it's another opportunity about the fact that the tomb is empty and the door is wide open for any person with any personal history from any place on the planet. You are eligible for the good news that Jesus truly does change everything. And that's not just in Minnesota. Come on, somebody. That's in every place on the planet. This news is for everyone in every sector of society, regardless of your history. Jesus truly can and will change everything. A 180, for our terms today, is a reversal of trajectory. It's a complete turnaround, a new beginning. Turn to the person next to you and say, get ready for your 180. <laughs> for the last few weeks, we've been looking at real stories of people in the Bible that experienced the 180 because Jesus stepped into their story. We looked at a woman who was at the well, who was outside of the city and kind of ostracized from the rest of the culture. And she went at a time of day to go to the well when nobody else was there. And Jesus goes out of his way to meet her, to intersect her story. Because Jesus cares about us so much, he'll meet us wherever we are. And for this woman, she had also had kind of strikes against her, if you will, Three strikes and you're out. Well, for her, she had had multiple strikes against her, and she was feeling out. And for her, she had been married multiple times, and the man that she was living with was not her husband. She had shame in her story, and she felt that no one would talk to her. On top of that, she was a Samaritan, and Jews weren't supposed to talk to Samaritans ethnically. There were barriers, walls between them. And Jesus pushes past all of those walls just to speak to this woman. Jesus steps in and literally her future does a 180. One encounter with Jesus can be a turnaround for anyone. There's another person we looked at who was a leper. A leper was a skin disease that was incurable at the time. And if you were a leper, you were put in a camp outside of the city, if you will. You couldn't interconnect with anyone else in the community You were in complete quarantine. How many know a little bit about quarantine over the last couple of years? 
And for him, that meant that he was alone, not just physically, but internally, emotionally, disconnected. And in desperation, he goes after Jesus, breaks the rules and cries out and says, Lord, if you're willing, I know you can heal me. And Jesus breaks all the rules and he steps towards this leper and he touches him and he says, I am willing and heals the leper. For every lonely person, every person hurting from disease, Jesus is willing to come your way. He brings an incredible 180, a new future. Then last week, we looked at a genuine seeker who happened to be religious, and he was looking for the truth, and his name was Nicodemus. And he went to visit Jesus at night, secretly. Jesus wasn't offended by this genuinely curious person. Have you ever been in an argument with somebody who disagrees with everything you say, but they're kind of interested in you still? So you stay in the conversation. So he wasn't offended. Nowadays, we cancel people really quick. But Jesus doesn't cancel people. He allows Nicodemus to come and ask him questions. And for all the knowledge-seeking, rational, law-keeping people who are pursuing science and logic and hard work as a way to, to discover the truth, I want you to know with Jesus, there is hope. He will allow your pursuit. Jesus tells Nicodemus that a 180 life change, a new beginning only happens by a miracle of the Spirit of God. So despite the fact that you've gone after all of the knowledge, and this man had all of the knowledge of the Old Testament, he was a Pharisee. He understood the intricacies of ancient scriptures. And despite that fact that he knew everything and followed the law perfectly, there still was something missing. And Jesus looked at him and he said, listen, it's not going to be by memorizing more stuff. It's not going to be by becoming more perfect. It's not going to happen because you eliminate sin from your behavior. You need a miracle from God that only God can give. You can be born again, Jesus tells him. That God so loves the world that he is unwilling to let people stay the same. And through belief in Jesus, instead of condemnation, we can be born again today. Come on, somebody. Now, here's the cool part of the story. We've each week heard about a biblical story of Jesus changing everything, but we've also heard real life today stories of people within Emmanuel who God is changing everything for them. People who had marriages who have been put back together again. Addicts who have been restored. Hope that becomes alive in their story. Single parents that found Jesus will stick with them, helping them raise their kids. He's still changing everything today, just as we see him doing in the Bible. If you looked around the room today, you would see a bunch of people who are absolutely not perfect. How many are like me? You're not perfect. Let me see your hands, right? But you would also see people who Jesus has come to their story in their imperfection. And he didn't make us perfect. He just fills us with his grace. He gives us the strength to become more like him every day. And the power of the resurrection, that 180 story, is alive in the people around you. Stories like Ashley that you heard during the song prior to me coming up here to speak. The daughter of a single parent who had experienced pain and hurt and dysfunction. Ashley was on a pathway to repeat the pain and the hurt and the dysfunction. 
but someone invited her to church when she was 14 years old. And she said she didn't understand everything, but she didn't have to, to experience a turnaround. Jesus loved her right where she was, and he changed everything. And he keeps changing everything for her. My favorite part of the whole testimony was when she said that was almost 12 years ago. And what you see is a person that, yes, Jesus met her 12 years ago and began the change. She was born again. But Jesus kept walking through with her through every stage of life. And I'm grateful he'll walk with us all the way to the end. Today, we're going to commemorate how we know that Jesus brings a 180 once and for all to every person who will look his way. Jesus lived an incredible life. If you look at the first four books of the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you will see the stories of fantastic, caring, courageous, revolutionary stories of Jesus intersecting people's pathway. Every single encounter we see of Jesus was intentional. No people that went unchallenged, no category of society that Jesus did not offer a path toward change. So if you're here today and you think, well, Jesus is for other people, but not for me, I want you to know Jesus is for you too. But the ultimate reason that Jesus came wasn't just to touch the people during those days. He had a mission from day one, and it was to go to the cross. He came to do what no one else could do, to conquer the greatest enemy of all humanity, sin. The entirety of the Old Testament pointed towards a hope that there would one day be a Messiah, a hero figure, a shepherd who would sacrificially bear the brunt and the penalty of our sin. And sure enough, the time came for Jesus to die, and he willingly died on a cross for all of us. It was on a Friday afternoon that Jesus was crucified and placed in a tomb. And the brilliant, hopeful image of a story that seemed to be building into a glorious new kingdom now seemed gone, finished, locked in a permanent grave. Jesus was dead. And it seems so were the hopes of the whole world. But how many know Sunday morning was coming? And it says in Matthew chapter 28, early on Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. His face shone like lightning, and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook with fear when they saw him, and they fell into a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the women. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead, just as he said would happen. Come see where his body was lying and now go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead and he is going ahead of you to Galilee. You will see him there. Remember what I have told you. The women ran quickly from the tomb and they were very frightened, but also filled with great joy. And they rushed to give the disciples the angel's message. And as they went, Jesus met them and greeted them. And they ran to him, grasped his feet and worshiped him. And then Jesus said to them, don't be afraid. Go tell my brothers to leave for Galilee and they will see me there. 
Woo! This is the ultimate story of a 180 that unleashes those for anyone everywhere. See, the Jesus' return provided a pathway for all of us. The cross had canceled the permanent power of sin. The penalty of sin was paid through Jesus' death. And the painful wounds on his body resulted in the possibility of healing. For by his stripes, we are healed. Now I want you to see that Jesus' setback was a setup for a comeback. It wasn't just one thing disconnected from the other. It was planned all along. The angel shows up, moves the stone, and Jesus is alive. Every finality of death, the grave are gone. Jesus did not abandon us. This generation needs to hear that. Jesus did not abandon us. He returned, and he's going to return again someday soon. See, Jesus' comeback offers all of us our own 180 opportunity. Don't miss what happens in this resurrection moment. Now, there's a famous study that a, a uh, counselor, a psychologist did on human behavior and paying attention. How many of you, let's be honest, you've had a hard time paying attention already since I started talking, okay? It just happens in this day and age. Whoop, there's a bird. Somebody's crying over there. I heard a cell phone. The little things can take us off on different pathways. Well, this study was intended to show how people miss things in stories. And so there was a, a video shot of three, uh, two groups of three people, one with black shirts on, the other with white shirts on. They were passing the ball back and forth, and it was videoed. And then once the video was complete, they, uh, they brought that video and they brought in these participants in the study and they said, we want to show you how you can pay attention or not pay attention when we want to study you. And they're like, great. So the people were like all psyched up to show that they can see things and notice things and pay attention. So they're watching the video as the ball is going back and forth. And, and the, the, the instructor said this, they said, count how many times they passed the ball. So they are passing the ball back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. When the video is over, the instructor says, okay, tell me, how many times did they pass the ball? And quite proudly, each of the participants said, 15. And the instructor says, that's right. But did you see the gorilla? Because the people were so focused in on it, they didn't notice that in the actual video, a gorilla was walking through, dancing in the middle of it. So he made them watch the video again, and sure enough, they saw the video, the gorilla going right through the group. Here's the point that I want to make to you today. We can tell the story of Jesus' resurrection and miss something in the middle of it. Based on what you're focused in on, locked in, in this season of your life, even people that are religious that have come to church their whole life, you might miss something valuable in this story on this day. See, I want you to see three things to notice and not miss in the resurrection story of Jesus. The first one is this. Jesus includes a lot of people in his story. He includes a lot of people in his story. I mean, look at it. Right away, you see an angel speaking to the women who are coming to the tomb. These women are really important, and they're included in the story. 
Not only were they included, they're given instructions. They were the very first preachers of the gospel. So if you're asked the question, can women preach? They're preaching in Matthew chapter 28. Come on, somebody. That's where they're preaching. The first preachers of the gospel were women. But not only that, there's soldiers in the story, people that, uh, that are kind of bystanders. They're on the job, if you will. They weren't religious people. They were just doing their job and showing up there. And Jesus includes them in the story. And then you see kind of the ripple effect go outward to more and more people. And the disciples, Paul says this later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He says he was seen, Jesus was seen by Peter and then by the 12. That's the 12 disciples. And after that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time most of whom are still alive at that time, though some have died. Then he was seen by James and later by all the apostles. Last of all, as though I had been born at the wrong time, Paul says, I also saw him. Don't miss this fact that Jesus includes you in this story. See, it wasn't just about some mythic God that had an incredible story that is in stained glasses and chapels around the world. And we can all look at that, but miss the fact that he includes you in it. You're in it. Turn to the person next to you. Say, you're in the story. His resurrection was meant to be a part of your story. It was supposed to be there. You may feel like you're a long way away geographically and in life from the story of Jesus' resurrection. But the power of Jesus, like the gorilla in the illustration, is walking right through this service. Notice Jesus, not just the buildings and the religious movements and the obligations. Notice Jesus today. He's walking your way. Three things to notice and not missing the story of the resurrection. Secondly is it's supernatural. No one can stop the power of God. No one can stop it. There is a very real aspect hidden in this that's hope for all of us today. There's an earthquake. And we could skip right past the fact that there's an earthquake. I'll tell you this, though. I'm probably never going to move to California. Because I don't want to experience an earthquake. An earthquake takes over. Things are moving. You lose your equilibrium. It's overwhelming. You see the supernatural movement of God hit the natural. Hit the natural world. And uh, as it comes in, then a stone is moved away. And the power of God is seen. And this wasn't just one moment. It's actually activating kind of the supernatural in every moment. Prior to this resurrection moment, earlier in Jesus' story in John chapter 11, we see Jesus raise a guy named Lazarus from the dead. And after he does this, he makes a statement about himself that's not, not locked in that one moment. It's perpetual all the way into this 2022. He says this, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. This is a promise, not just for Lazarus, not just for Jesus, but Jesus is the resurrection and life for you and for me. He can resurrect confidence. He can resurrect hope. 
and purpose in a life that has been lost. He is the resurrection and the life for marriages and careers and all who need a new beginning. Can I get an amen to that? You have hope because Jesus is alive. Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Jesus Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the, his spirit who dwells in you. Three things to notice and not miss in the story of the resurrection. One was Jesus includes a lot of people in his story. Two, it's supernatural. No one can stop the power of God. And number three, our location pastor, are going to bring number three. Would you give up for the location pastor? Pastor Nathan, come on up here. Preach it, bro. How many are grateful that God has included us in his story? Amen. It isn't something distant, something disconnected from our lives, from our reality. He's drawn us into his story, and, uh, and we get to experience that same supernatural power there's a sense in which the supernatural cannot be stopped, and that's good news, because it, it, it isn't uh, blocked by any of the limitations that we might experience day after day. The other good news is that it doesn't depend on our own natural strength. It doesn't depend on my effort or my mood or my diligence or my merit. It is God who initiates the 180 and the life change in me. Amen? So today... Our third point, I need your help with this, is the tomb is still empty. Can you say that with me? The tomb is still empty. Jesus didn't come back for the, from the dead for, you know, another few years or for a few minutes. He is still alive today. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. He is the same forever. And his saving power is current. His hope is current for us today. Amen? When we hear stories like Ashley's uh, or some of the stories that we've heard over the course of the past few weeks, stories of life change, of, of marriages that have been restored, of hope and purpose that's been recovered, there's a couple things that can happen inside of us. There's a part of us that gets excited, gets stirred up. We can maybe, we can maybe relate on one, one level or one front of that, and we we get excited for people like Ashley that say, I, I was in a pattern and I was repeating the same cycle and I was making choices, trying to fill a void, and it was just creating more emptiness. And there's a side of us that celebrates that. But then on the other hand, there might be a part of us that says, well, that doesn't really apply to me. For some reason, my story is different. The tombstone on my grave is heavier than your tombstone. We feel like the hope in us is not enough, or we've already tried and we're exhausted, or you don't really understand the pain that I've been through, or you don't really know how hard I've tried, or it's too late, and we just can't see a hopeful future for our story. But can I remind you that Jesus' tomb is still empty, and we are not the ones that change our own story. I cannot generate, fabricate, or initiate a 180 in my life. It needs to be God stepping into my story, and he's the one that can turn that around. Amen? 
My son, uh, Santiago, he's already passed me up in height. I always say, that's great. You didn't have much of a challenge, so there's not much to celebrate there, right? He was over on this side with my daughter when they sang in the choir, and uh, I love, I love our church. I'm a little biased, okay? Can I just, a little disclaimer there. I love our church not only because of what happens here on a Sunday morning in the sanctuary, but because of what's happening even right now in kids' ministry. As every single age is having an experience that's age-appropriate, they're able to connect their faith, they're able to learn about hope, they're able to, it's just amazing. And then as a parent of now youth, I love what happens on Wednesday nights and how they're able to experience hope on their own and they're able to experience uh, Christ in their own journey and they're able to see how God answers their prayers. They don't need to borrow my faith, they are growing their own faith. And I love that we're part of a church that is, that's, it's for all generations. And, uh, you know, as my son, for, for many years, he'd come and try to stand back to back with me. And, uh, and he'd kind of do, I, I saw him, he's doing the little tiptoe thing, trying to pass me up. Now he's just, I mean, he's passed me. And I'd say, hey, you know what? There's an advantage to having small extremities. And uh, if I ever need to fly coach, I don't have an issue with that. You know, I don't have... I've got coach-sized legs, and uh, I'm able to, uh, to be comfortable on the cheap seats. Can I, can I tell you, though, that God does not have short arms or short legs? Amen? I want to prove it to you. Isaiah 59, 1 says, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save. Now, we're not talking about extremities here. We're talking about God's ability to reach you where you are at to meet you where you are at, to bring salvation into your story, nor his ear too dull to hear. God's arm is not short to save you today. He is not far. He's not distant. He's not distracted. He's not busy. He is listening, and he's invited you to say, Will you give me an opportunity to step into your story? Will you allow me to step into your story to move the tombstone away from your dreams, to move the tombstone away from your purpose, to move your tombstone away from your career, from your broken marriage, from your broken relationships? Will you allow me to move the tombstone away from your failing health? Will you allow me to bring a supernatural beginning to your story? And remember... It's him that initiates it. It's not my effort. It's a supernatural answer from God, from heaven. His arm is not too short to save today. So whatever you're going through, and whatever reason you feel like your story is beyond an opportunity for a 180, beyond hope, beyond repair, beyond fixing, I just want to remind you, today's Resurrection Sunday. And if we said about Jesus that his setback was a setup for a comeback, that can be said about you as well. Whatever setback you've gone through has positioned you today to experience God's grace and his power and his goodness and his hope in such a way that you will never again be the same. Amen. So I don't know. I don't know exactly what you're going through, what you're facing. The good news is you don't have to rely on your own strength. You can turn to him and say, God, 
Meet me where I'm at. Start a new beginning in me. Initiate a 180 in my story. His arm is not too short to save. Like we read earlier, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, Holy Spirit's power is operating in us today. It's courage. It's amazing. It goes beyond anything we can understand or comprehend. And he's at work in our lives today. Today's a day for hope. Today's a day for new beginnings. Today's a day to say, you know what? That tombstone was rolled away and that tomb has remained empty. The changes that God brings to my life will also reach into eternity. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We pray that you are encouraged and blessed by today's message. Check out EmmanuelCC.org for faith resources, how to get plugged into a community, or join us live on Sundays at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. Central Time. We are so excited to see what God is going to continue to do. The best is yet to come.